Hey, it's Herbert. Mm-hmm. And you're listening to the About Last Night podcast, you slippery little son of a bitch. <laughs> oh, it's comedy in your ears, which we all love. Mm-hmm. You're listening to the About Last Night podcast with my boy, uh, Adam Ray. Is the video okay? Dude, you're looking just HD, fucking fire. You got the Cardinal Red on. You got the... Got the it doesn't look like... It's crazy with the, like how expensive these damn MacBooks are and the cameras look like shit from my end. Dude, is I look like shit. But I, I got a... <laughs> I've been like streaming video games and shit like that on my, on my free time. So like I got all of this... I had these tech people come over and like set up this fancy setup. I got a mic like like you got and the headphones. Yeah, so I think I'm used to that. I'm used to that quality. Oh, so you're just going off the uh, speakers off the MacBook, yeah? Yeah. Uh, what's your game, by the way? Call of Duty. Fuck, dude. Can it's I be hard. honest? My brother, um, he's uh, younger, and he, uh, yeah, I'm actually about your age. Um, you just turned what, 45? No, you're fuck. I'm just joking. You look like. Dude, I mean, you're 23. I, I can't. 15 years younger than me. Yeah. How, do I, how do I look younger than you? That's crazy. I guess it's, I wash my face a lot. I guess that's. I know, right? It's nuts. <laughs> <laughs> no, but dude, he's obsessed with the first-person shooter games, and I'm like, I've been always a true Madden 2K guy, like just through right. And through, right? right. But um, but he's he's so into the shooter games that he's gotten me into them because he's like. You know, there's been times where we've been kicking it over the holidays or whatnot. He's like, dude, just sit down and play a couple rounds with me. Yeah. So I'll play Halo or Call of Duty. Dude, that shit is intense. And, like, yeah. the people that are really good are scary. Like, yeah. you look <laughs> at them after and you're like, do you need to fucking take a walk around the block or something, man? Because, like, you just took down 80 strangers yeah. and didn't even blink. <laughs> I have no remorse for it either. <laughs> no remorse. No remorse. Yeah. What, uh, are you playing, like, on Twitch? Yeah. Oh, dude, good for you, man. Little extra yeah, cash. I, yeah, I've been I've been twitching away. I've been grinding. Is uh, was that one of the first things you went to once this all hit, and you were like, oh, I guess, I guess we're because we so when we met at the uh, Jordan Palmer um uh, QB camp. Yes. Uh, which I was trying to play it cool because it was like, you know, that's for me was so cool to even be at, but this is like just a regular sits for you guys, just with the best of the best QBs and receivers, like. Yeah, right. you're, you're pre um, – I don't know how many times you'd gone to this uh, pre-workout situation before the season started. Was that your first time there or no? Uh, that was my second time. I had went down – well, I, I didn't go down for an extended period of time last year, but I, uh, Kyle and Josh both were like, man, you got to stay in the house with us. Like, you got to train with us. And I'm staying in a house full of QBs. I can get all the catches that I want to get. And sure. so I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take advantage of that. And so, uh, yeah, that was my first time um, staying down there in San Clemente, and it was it was amazing. When you're even staying in the house with QBs, is it just like 
football's always on the mind to where you're like, yo, I got to go take a shit. And he's like, yo, can you run like a fucking quick post route on your way to the doogie? And then you can just fucking catch a. It's, it's, it's funny. It's funny you say that because we had like three footballs laying around the crib. And so like, I mean, anywhere somebody went like, yo, I'm gonna go upstairs real quick. Like, and it's like, hey, hit me. Like, you know, somebody's got the ball like immediately or somebody's upstairs, yeah. like throwing the ball upstairs. I mean, it, it's, it's football 24-7. That's, were you one of those kids in high school that carried the, uh, the ball around with them around school? Not around school, but at the house for sure. Yeah. I got like, my dad's got like plenty photos of me, like on the couch or something, just with a football sleep, just always had it in my hands. That's crazy. From what age do you think? <sighs> little. Like I would say three, four years old, I had a football, a little stuffed football. And I used to love watching Sunday night football with him. That was like my me and me and dad time. And uh it was funny. He would make me run back and forth, you know, in front of the TV. You know, he's he wants to get a little chuckle up. So he would just like drill me with it, like in the face. And, you know, it's, it's fun to gauge you playing with your little son. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And so he would I would tell him, like, throw it as hard as you can. Like, come on, throw it. And he would just drill it at me until, until I catch it. But until then, like, I always had a football with me. I still do. Like, I have two footballs in my car. I always go around. I got a football, you know, literally right behind me that I just always have have to have around. That that's I mean, that has to play a factor in just like your familiarity and touch with the ball. Yeah. Like after a certain amount sure. of time, you just I mean, I, I'm sure there's I don't know if there's anything that's written where it's like if you sleep with a ball, you want to talk about 10,000 hours on the field. We're talking about 10,000 hours in bed, like with the ball. <laughs> that makes you sure. better. Like it's proven. Like, look at there's probably some guy that's trying to make money off that. where He's like, look at Larry Fitzgerald slept with the ball six times a week. <laughs> Right. And like in between his legs, just in case he caught one there. But I'm sure that does translate. Right. Like, do you do you remember? Is there a specific time even like for comics? There's always people always ask, like, when do you feel like you turned a switch on stage and you really like came into your own? Like as a receiver, was there a time when you felt like, oh, shit, like not only I'm obviously like done my conditioning parts, I'm in great shape. But like, was there a game or a practice where you just you and the ball just fucking synced up and you're like, dude, I think I'm about to take my game up a notch. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But it, it, it's funny that you say that, like with like the touch and feel of a ball, because yeah. if the defense is on the field for like a, a while and I'm sitting on the bench, I'll go and like, just, I'll, I'll ask one of the equipment guys to just pass me a ball and I'll just walk around with it and just kind of hold it, toss it in my hands. Cause yeah, like just the feel of the ball, like it, it kind of like boosts your confidence in a sense, but like, you're just you're more confident stepping back on the field like all right you know if if first series we're out there and, and Kyler throws me a heater like I'm not caught off guard by you know what I mean like you know my it, it kind of like wakes up your nerves your hands I don't know it does something psychologically for you dude um, fuck but yeah. I would say like I would say like in college like my freshman year and I had like a crazy first four games in my freshman year oh yeah and you went off yeah it was just like you know, that fourth game we played against Arkansas and it was my first SEC game. And like, I was just catching everything. And I'm like, damn, like, this are is- you in your head? Like, oh, I'm going to be the best ever. Oh, dude. I was just like, this is easy. Like, yeah, yeah, I didn't, yeah. like nobody told me it was going to be this easy. But right. every game I played in to date since I've been in college, I've dominated. So like only like Lord only knows where I could go from here. And so I, yeah. I, it was pretty early in college where I was like, Oh yeah, I'm 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 taking off. Does uh does that camp? I mean, you're just talking about catching heaters, Josh Allen. I mean, you were there for that. First of all, you were so cool. That I gotta be honest, man. That was like a very 
you know, I've been a, a, a fan uh, of you since your A&M days. And, and um, that, although, although I got buddies that, that are like, dude, I saw fucking Kirk play at Suaro High School, man. That guy fucking was the shit, dude. <laughs> These are obviously like old town bros. They're like, that guy fucking rules, dude. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah. he's fucking, dude, we're from the same fucking city, dude. Right, right, right. Totally. Uh, yeah, they, they claim you. And, uh, but, but, you know, it's like right away, you knew I was there to like make some goofs. But like I got in your line to like, you know, which was so cool too, the way it was set up where it was like, you know, Burrow and, and Josh Allen and Kyle and, and Mark and, and everybody kind of, doing their you know they do their footwork and 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 whatnot before a pass and then jordan would call it a line and, and you would run around and catch a ball and you were so cool right away i was like yo i'm here to obviously like try to catch a ball i think i even said like i'm trying to get in the league and you smirked and kind of knew that i was like full of shit but you were like well good luck man like it's you know like what like get like go get it i think you said like yeah some, some cool fucking black guy slang. you were like dude fucking live it follow your dreams man and i was like fucking christian kirk's the fucking man and uh <laughs> And uh, I just want to be your best friend. And then, and then we get out there and we're actually like running. Like, you know, I also thought it was going to be kind of like running through the motions a little bit. And then I see you fucking just dart it to the corner and just make this smooth ass catch. And I was like, all right, I guess I need to really try. And then I don't know if you saw when they were all in on Josh Allen throwing me a, a heater into my. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, dude. I mean, I'm still bleeding from, from the abdominal muscles. You're no bleeding. But do you, do you get catches like like do you ever see like uh kyler you know uh uh mid-game just you know chuck one where you're like oh dude i need to is there extra prep in your brain when you see the ball come zipping off his hands at a speed that you're maybe like weren't anticipating yeah it's it's tough because you try not to think about that i would say as a receiver the more like you say like it, it's third down and it's third down and three and he gives you a slant and you know Kyler's coming to you and you know he's going to throw it as hard as he can because yeah. he's got to fit it in between that small window between the linebacker and the corner that's draped all over you. We In our room, we always say, like, don't let the game speed you up. And so, like, once you, like, get all, like, pent up, you're like, oh, shit, the ball's coming towards me, it, it makes it 100 times worse. You just kind of got to, like, play it out. And then after the fact, you're like, yeah, he just drilled that. Like, <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. it's just something that you honestly – you train for it. Like, like I said, we were, you know, that's why I go out there in California and stuff like that and catch from all different types of quarterbacks. Cause they all have their own way of releasing the ball and it all comes out different, but like they all have different arm strengths. And so you get a guy like Josh who throws the ball hundred miles per hour at all times that builds you up like for those moments. You know what I mean? It just all kind of accumulates and it's, it's just muscle memory at the end of the day. Uh, what was it? Were you a super football crazed kid uh, growing up in Arizona? Like, was that just from the get go? Because I've, you know, obviously some athletes are like, like you said, held a ball at a young age, and then some, you know, I was talking to Mark Sanchez a couple of days ago, and I didn't even know that he didn't even know he wanted to be a QB until like it was seventh or eighth grade, and I was like, that seems late to me, but I, you know, I guess did you know football was was gonna be it? Like you were gonna go full steam ahead from an early age? No, nah, so I uh, I played football, but I was a very like active outside outdoorsy kid. Um, I like to say I got like, I had a lot of West Coast in me because I was always like riding riding my bike, skateboarding and stuff like that. Like you were about to say skateboard, and I was like, dude, I I gotta know that that's what you were up. Like, how many do you still skateboard? Oh yeah, I still got a BMX bike too. Um, Fuck, dude, AZ's a good spot for that, right? Great, great spot, and yeah. so. Uh, 
I loved BMX. I loved, you know, riding my skateboard and stuff like that. Like I was always outside doing that type of stuff. And, you know, I was always, you know, I figured out early that I was, I was fast. And so that's what got me by, you know, being good at football for a while. I wasn't big at all. I was always the smallest kid on my team, but I was just faster than everybody. You outran everybody, huh? Everybody. And so. How pissed were older guys from you? And like, did, like, did it make you feel so cool when like older guys were like, God damn, I can't catch them. So it's, it's funny. My first two seasons of football, uh, you'll actually enjoy this. My dad forged my birth certificate when I was five so I could play a year up to play football. Are you fucking serious? Tackle football. And so, That's so gangster. Oh, my so, God. So I was like the youngest, littlest kid out there. And they were like, everyone's like, he's, he's awful small to be out there. And I played like <laughs> – I like rotated at right tackle and like defensive line. And I, I would just get destroyed, always coming back, you know, crying and stuff like that. And so – I think it was the end of my second season, the coach would just let the kids play whatever position they wanted to play. Yeah. And so I never got the ball. So I'm like, I want to play running back. And they're kind of like, oh, okay. <laughs> so it was like the last game of the season, we're up by a couple of touchdowns. They put me at a running back. I get the ball, I go score. And they were like, they go to my dad, like, why don't you tell us he could run like that? Second time they give me the ball, go score. So they're like, all right, yeah, next season you're going to be our running back. And so, yeah, but oh, I, was just, I, I was just out running everybody. And nobody knew I was fast. And then I just There's took footage off. of that, yeah? Oh, yeah. We got all the footage. I was going to say, dude, because, it, like, to just score every time you get the ball, I mean, were you also – did you also have kind of, like, some some shimmies and some shakes? Or were you just, like, catching a hole and just see you later? There was no stopping you. Yeah, that's just, like – it was just God-given at that point. And you yeah. see, like, a lot of people, especially, like, really talented running backs, that's that's all God-given. Like, there's just some things that you can't teach. You know yeah. what I mean? And so that's that's how it was for me. But – so you no, thought you were really, going to be running I'm, back for a minute, yeah? Oh, I played running back all the way until I got to high school. God damn. Yeah, until I got to high school. And then a uh, kid by the name of DJ Foster was the senior running back at Saguaro uh, when I got there. And obviously, DJ was all world. Scored like 60 touchdowns his senior year. And so... That's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot of <laughs> touchdowns. And uh, I got moved to wide receiver as a freshman, played up in, uh, in uh, play varsity. And so that's how the whole receiver thing started. Same thing. Did you kind of pull what you did as a, as a freshman on varsity? Were you just like ripping up the uh, like junior and senior uh, DBs? Yeah, I, uh, I, I, got a, I got my first two offers after my freshman year. And uh, I was, I think I was first team, or I was like all state honorable mention. Uh, I was like uh, all freshman team, you know, for max preps, you know, in the country. And it just kind of all took off from there. Is that uh, s- surreal? to even like, cause again, you're having these like accomplish, uh, accomplishments and accolades and like, you know, the proofs in the pudding people probably even like prior, uh, prior to high school are probably like starting to be like, dude, you're fucking like trying to just get on the, the Kirk bandwagon and just, you're starting to feel that like, Oh man, I've, I'm definitely on, I got something special here. But when you start getting the letters freshman year and just attention nationally, are you able to stay just completely focused and grounded or is it so new and overwhelming that you kind of like lock yourself in your room and you're like holy shit dude like I need to take a breath because like I'm NFL bound if I keep my shit together yeah yeah it was it was crazy because I was like football crazed I was always like on my computer looking up who was the best seniors to come out of each class like oh nice five stars and I was looking at everybody I was just obsessed with that I was like I want to be a five star like this is where I want to, I want to be. This is where I want to go. Look at how they did it. See if you could emulate that. Yeah. And so, I mean, I'm, I'm 
more blessed than, you know, I would say many people that are, are in my position. You know, I have both of my parents, you know, I got, I come from a great family. And so they were both in my lives and they kept me very, very disciplined and, oh, and narrow minded and just in a sense of if you want something, you know, you got to go get it. And, you know, this, this little kid high school stuff, you know, outside of football that you think is cool and you want to jack around that your friends are doing, most likely they're not going to end up where you want to be if they're going to, if you want to partake in Damn. all that. Other. So they're like, you see that guy jacking off outside of the McDonald's? And you're yes. like, yeah, that's Trevor. You're like, exactly. Fucking, you ain't kicking it with him anymore because that's what he's doing tomorrow night and you're studying game tape. Yeah. Exactly right. And so, I don't know. I just, I realized where I wanted to go very, very, very soon. Yeah. And I realized like, I didn't want to just like, you know, play high school football and play college and hope that I made it to, to the NFL. It was like, I want to be a five star. I want to go to a top 10 university. I want to be an all American and I want to get drafted in round one or two. You know, that was like high school. I already knew that's, that's what was going to happen. Dude. Yeah. See that to even be that specific. Like I want to go in the first two rounds because I mean, that's also though, that's a goal because I'm sure if you're playing with the intention of, I just want to get drafted. I feel like that's too lofty of a, of a mindset, right? Like you gotta be like those first two rounds. Hey, that's, that's where people truly remember those those guys but it's also it's validating i would yeah. assume more so than than getting picked later uh, so um man so a&m texan a&m is like obviously like just a quintessential college football town stadium team uh i'm sure you had like a shit ton of offers was it was it uh where, where did it fall where did it rank with the places and what was that recruitment process like because from what i've seen in movies like blue chips or fucking varsity blues or uh you know just any friday night lights like that shit looks so yeah. just dope and fun to be it's almost you know i did the frat thing at usc and it's like that's a piece of it where you got these dudes being like yo come to a laker game dude come sit yeah. courtside and then and then we're gonna fucking shave your legs and make you sit on a wall for eight weeks and you're like <laughs> I, all right cool that seems like that balances out right. um but like when they're coming at you just trying just telling you how great you are is that awesome or is it scary uh it's scary. I mean, it's scary. It's a lot to deal with. I'm not even gonna lie because, yeah. like you said, everybody in that organization, whatever school that you're talking to, is gonna tell you you're the best thing since sliced bread. And so, especially nowadays with social media, like the shit I see, it's it's honestly ridiculous. I'm like, I don't know how these coaches can sit here and tell these kids like you're gonna be the next Lamar Jackson. Like, what are we talking about? You know, it's just the recruiting process is insane. I loved it. Um, it's a lot though. Like I remember taking, like literally sitting on my, on my, on my bedroom floor. And like, it was like, I had to schedule meetings with coaches. Like I'll be on the phone for five hours with, with recruiting coaches. Could possibly be telling you for five hours. They, I mean, they just want to talk you know, we just want to get to know you and tell you more about our school and how great you look. You know, I, we it's, was like, at, <laughs> it's almost like I envisioned the coach laying in his bed, twirling his hair, being like, what you thinking about? And you're like, it's been five hours, man. Can we just fucking, I'll call you tomorrow or next week. <laughs> it, that's how it was. It was, it was phone call after phone call. And so funny, uh, Kyle was obviously a very highly recruited recruit coming out of Arizona. We have been boys since middle school. Oh, for real? Yeah. Me and Kyle grew up together. Oh, that's extra special. That's yeah, awesome. So, so me and Kyle grew up here, out here in Scottsdale and, uh, Kyle was the number one quarterback in the country at the time and had 
every school recruiting him too. He had took, he was taking an unofficial to Texas A&M and I was like a, a sophomore. I had like three offers at the time. And he was like, Hey, can I bring my buddy uh, on the visit with me? And they're like, yeah, what's his name? And they're like, uh, he's like, it's Christian Kirk. You know, he's just going to come check it out with me. And I remember going with them and I got there and they're like, you're, you're pretty good. And I was, and, you know, they're like, you're young, whatever. And so they're like, you know, we're going to keep evaluating you. And I loved the visit. I loved every second of it. They, yeah. they showed me a lot of love, yeah, even yeah. though they hadn't even offered me yet. Um, and they, they came out, Coach Sullivan ended up offering me. Things were I, a little cheesy, but like, it's love at first sight. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was my first visit. And I'm like, seeing Kyle Field, I'm seeing all this shit. I'm like, oh my gosh. And so this, they're, they're just coming off of uh, Johnny Manziel era. Like they had all the hype in the world. And so they ran the spread offense in the SEC. And, you know, I remember it came down to A&M, ASU, uh, Auburn, Ohio State, and I want to say UCLA. But uh, yeah, man, I mean, ASU was tough to turn down because it was the whole hometown hero. And, you know, they sold me on that. My, I took my official visit. The game they beat Notre Dame, they upset Notre Dame, where Notre Dame was like top 10 in the country. And, you know, that shit was wild. And it was just like, I didn't, honestly, I didn't know I was going to A&M until like two nights before I was going to commit. And I graduated early. And so this was like December and it was like two nights before. And I just like woke up one morning. I was like, yeah, I'm going to A&M. Wow. What, just, what did ASU do that was so, do you feel like extra special? Like, obviously I'm sure they are just prodding on that. Like, dude, like you're 20 minutes from home, like old towns right there. They bring in some bros being like, dude, we got fucking, I know Brett at fucking frogs and ladders and we can go every Friday, dude, if we want. Like <laughs> yeah. what sort of extra hometown thing did they throw at you that you were like, Oh, all right. I've never heard of that. Well, it was sick because when I took my official visit, you're, the recruits are allowed to be on the field, like for pregame. And when I was walking, when I when I walked out, they made sure that no other recruit that was there that day was walking out the tunnel for pregame. And so I came out before the the team even came out for the pregame warm warm up. And so they walked me out, and I'm like kind of walking along the field. And like half of the stands, like the student section is chanting hometown hero. And then they got like the, 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 the signs and like people have my oh faith my and like paint their number. Like it was nuts. And I'm looking like, hold like this, this isn't for real. And uh, I remember they won that game and like all my friends went there. I had like three best friends that went to ASU that played ball there. And so obviously DJ was there and, it was tough to turn down, but I knew I had to get away from Arizona just yeah. to get a change of scenery and For just sure. honestly stay out of trouble, man. It's, it's easy to get in trouble out here. It's a, it's a fun place to live. There's a lot going on. There's a lot to look at. And so it's just like, you know, you just, you, I knew I, I knew where I wanted to go, like I said. And so I was like, let me go and place myself in College Station, Texas, where I'm an hour and a half away from every major city. Yeah, and yeah. I'm going to just go focus on ball. Yeah, if you're away from the distractions, you know, if they are an hour and a half, that's like just far enough away to perfect. not. Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah. Um, it's like Scottsdale and Flagstaff. You're like, dude, I could go up, get a massage, see what happens. Or I could stay <laughs> near <laughs> campus and, um, and, and follow my dream. Does, right. does the A&M, like, is that fan base and that stadium, I mean, is it as bonkers as it looks? Is it like 
second to none as far as the, the ambiance when you walk in. Like, tell me that first time walking through the tunnel. For, I mean, freshman year, dude, I think you were over, it was like 1,079 yards. Yeah. Yeah, dude. That's uh, insane. I don't know if that was a record. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say second to none. Like, with, with, without a doubt, there, there's nothing like it, I don't, I don't think. Wait, when you're – when you're walking in that tunnel and like they got the drums playing in front of you and the 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 core cadets walk out in front of you with the drums and then they start playing that power by Kanye West and the whole stadium's chanting like I get I get goosebumps every time I think about it and I see it and just like looking back on the games that I played in you know when the stadium was holding like 111,000 people it's just uh, it, it you can't really explain it and just being on that field and you know, returning a punt against Alabama on like college game day, like the, you, you can't script that type of stuff. Welcome to King Squad Hotel. May I have your last name, please? Good morning, ma'am. Can I help you? Oh my, what happened? Oh, Bellmen are clumsy and stupid. Stella Bellman. You've had this job since high school, right? Well, actually, now oh. I am the bell captain. Oh. All right, kid, you ready for check ins? I was born. I think he was going to say I was born ready. Steve's the captain. Captain Steve. <laughs> the closest thing we have to a god on earth, Gunther Gashimane! It's worse than I thought. He's a complete slimeball, right? Oh, yeah, no question. Do you feel my foot on your foot? That's not me. There's something under the table that feels like a foot. What are you doing right now? I'm working. I got a promotion. I just lied to Kelly. Why would you do that? I don't know, man. I just want another shot. Sid Whitman worked his way up the ladder and bought the hotel. Mr. Boss, do me a favor. Take it easy on the bellman, would you? I'd rather have crack guard melt my bolts. Take care, boys. I mean, it's a huge scam. And those girls were in on it, too. Don't you want to know what our bodies are capable of? Yes, Girl, yes, oh, definitely. I just work here during the day, but I'm, my nights is off. Let's do this! Gunther is conning everyone with spirit fresh. <laughs> you broke into a guest room. This! He's unacceptable. He has been impersonating a manager. And that is a felony. I don't think that's a felony. He should be fired! Get set! I mean, I'm not sure he's ready for- Shut up, bitch. <laughs> With our minds, we begin to urinate, and then, for real, into our pants. Is the athletic, like, student, like, you know, I, would, I was uh, at SC 01 to 05 for the um, Reggie Bush liner. I got one year of Palmer, uh, Carson, and then... Um, or maybe two actually, freshman, sophomore year, and then line our junior and senior with Reggie Bush and Lindell and just, you know, that whole 30 for 30 Trojan War team. Like, yeah. I was there for that. And that seemed bonkers to me. And um, just knowing a few of the football players and getting an insight into, like, being one at a prestigious uh, school, what the pressure's like, what the, uh, the boosters are like, and, and then, like, fans. And, I mean, is it even, like, is it easy – or super difficult to uh, to blend into like campus life. Do you feel like you're walking around, everyone's always staring at you, especially after your freshman year, dude? I mean, you came out of the gate, yeah. like letting everybody know, like, and people, college kids especially, and all sports fans love when somebody who just got there is all of a sudden like they can p put their 
superstar label on or be like that's our guy like people right. love that so right. i'm sure they did that to you yeah yeah it was a uh, it was easy to to blend in on campus and you know especially when you go to school in texas where it's it's football or nothing uh you know they're, they're gonna know who you are uh but it was fun man just people are so nice there and like yeah. respectful and yeah they're football crazy but you know, it wasn't nothing too overboard. Like, yeah, when we go out and stuff, you know, it got a little out of hand and whatnot, but people wanted pictures and just stuff like that. But campus, you know, I feel like our academic staff did a real good job of, like, for me, my junior year, my last year there, like, I had two classes, you know, early morning where I would get in and just get out, you know, and I wasn't really on campus that much. And so they did a good job of doing it for that. But yeah, it's a it's a real thing. It's just like trying to like blend in and just kind of be a another student, you know, going to school. Uh, do you do you have any? Uh, I don't know. Were there like hazing? Who was the rival with A and M? Uh, we did. So they say it's Texas, but yeah, that, that we don't play anymore. Um, you know, and they also like our our SEC rival is is LSU. But last well, we beat LSU two years ago. But you know, it's just kind of. It goes back and forth. Do you ever remember or get anything from opposing fans? Like, I remember playing high school basketball. I just drove by because I'm up in Seattle right now, a high school. I drove by Mount Lake Terrace where, uh, you know, I had big, poofy hair, and I wore a headband when I played. And, and their fans were crazy, and they were, like, one of the best teams in the state. And they called me, like, gay Elvis and, like, all this. <laughs> I mean, like, their fans were just – they would yell. One kid even tried to spit at me once when I was, like, about to shoot a three in the corner. Like, you just got those fans hugged up right up against you there in the corner. but. Right. Like obviously collegiate fans, a little more separate, uh, thankfully, but like, was there ever a game where you were like, Oh shit, like this is getting real because you were starting to show a name for yourself and maybe the fans were recognizing it. So they were like, dude, fucking we're getting in Kirk's head tonight. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. I'll probably say each time we went to death Valley and I'm, I'm actually happy because not a lot of people get to say they played at death Valley at night. And that's, that's, Next to Kyle Field, that's probably the best atmosphere to play in. Like, it's it's real deal when you're playing LSU at night. Yeah. Um, and those people down there at Ole Miss are crazy, too. <laughs> Ole, Ole, Ole Miss, you oh, know. Oh, they like, seem like it. That's like Bobby uh, Boucher uh, territory. Oh, yeah. It's it's uh, it's it's a little different down there. That was, that was like the one place, you know, I'm, I'm a West Coast kid. And so, you know, playing in the South was different. We go on the road and we get to go to Knoxville and Mississippi State, you know, stuff like that. And you know, just pulling up to Ole Miss for the first time, I was, I was like, yeah, this is, this is, this is definitely not <laughs> what I'm used to. This is yeah. a, a whole different world down here. Oh yeah. Would, uh, would your folks travel to games like, and all that and just. Yeah, they they were awesome. They, they made it to shoot. They made it to almost all of my, my collegiate games. That's fucking just, crazy. But yeah, what, a, because, what a dream. Oh, go ahead. Oh yeah. No, I was just saying just because like I said, a&M was such like, when you go to school in the South, family is number one. And so, you know, all the parents and stuff like that, you know, they embrace you with open arms. And That's awesome. you know, when, I couldn't, when I couldn't make it home for holidays and stuff like that, you know, my teammates' parents, you know, were taking me in, like treating me like I was their kid. I, it made me like twice. Like, it's just, it, it was amazing. And so, you know, they treated my family the same way. My, my family made great relationships. And so, they would just go and, and, and for the simple fact that they had friends out there and they were, they were building a life out there and they're always down there. So, yeah, they're they were, they were making it all the games. Is that an extra, um, I don't know if incentive to play hard, but just 
like my mom, you know, um, come to all my basketball games and would, you know, embarrass me sometimes. She'd scream out, we're in a playoff game. I'm at the free throw line, down by two. I'm at the line, like eight seconds left. She screams, this is dead quiet. Just have fun. And I'm like, <laughs> mom, fuck. Like, <laughs> it was just, but, you know, she was so, she didn't know how to shut off the, the love and support. When you yeah. got your your folks at the at the game, does knowing that like do something, or are you just so locked in that that um, it it doesn't phase you one way or the other? Sorry, you you like cut out oh. for a little bit. Uh, oh, I was saying like if your folks are at the game, does yeah. it add something to uh, the way that you play, like versus them not being there, or are you so dialed in that that even if they're not, you're like, well, I, t- I talked to them right before, so that's the same shit. Yeah, it it got a it got a little easier. I was as I got older, um, but it, it it's still nice knowing that they're there. Yeah, in college, you know, it's it's tough to in college home games. They usually sit your parents in the same spot, so I was able to find them. You know, if my dad like it's weird, me and my dad got you know, if you couldn't tell, a real close connection, and yeah, you know, so when I look towards their way, he would always stand up and just give me a little gesture like a let's go or something like that yeah so he'll he'll always know like if I'm looking in the stands like he'll stand up but uh NFL's been a little more difficult because they sit your family wherever the hell and just like all over the place so I know that they're there but you know I can't really see them as much but you know it's 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 still you know even when they're not there you know that they're watching and stuff like that and they're proud and that's that's really all that matters you know uh, did you have uh, goosebumps or, or were you reminiscing a lot since the draft just happened? Like, that was only three years ago for you, right? Yeah. That's fucking crazy, man. Like, what you're doing in the NFL already is just so fucking bonkers. Um, and I know you're so humble, so you're not going to really, like, you know, uh, yes and that too hard. But, like, you've got you've to see, like, guys that are going through the, the draft or just went through it and, like, First of all, how many guys like reached out to you um, to ask like, yo, clearly like I want to be drinking the same shit you drank because you're three years in the league and you made an impact right away. I'm sure yeah. some of that and Mark and I have talked about this a lot um, where it's like, yeah, look, where you go has a lot to do with it. The system, the coach, like how many guys are ahead of you. There's so many variables. And um, but do you think you can kind of fight through that and still make a case for for yourself as far as uh being like a you know uh someone who should be high on the on the depth chart um just because of your play like how much can you really control if you go into an environment where um where maybe the chips are stacked against you yeah it um i think it's 50 50 yeah uh, um, you know just a unfortunate like the unfortunate part you know in the nature of our league is you know based on you know draft status and you know at the end of the day it is a business and we all know that and so the guys who are picked in the first second and third round are most likely going to get more shots to perform and prove themselves right. before they fail until somebody takes their spot um but when you got like an undrafted guy and you know he works his tail off every day he does everything right and nothing wrong and just i work Everybody at some point always gets their opportunity. I believe. One of the, the best guys we got in the room, he, he works as hard as he can and, and does everything right. But, you know, they're going to give the guys, that, you know, they pay more money, you know, 
the opportunity to, to succeed. But at the same time, that can get taken away from you really fast if you provide, you prove that you provide no value to the team. Uh, that was one of the things uh, my, my offensive coordinator, my rookie year, Mike McCoy, told me is the quickest way for you to earn respect and to earn value on this team is number one, prove the prove to the vets that you can help them win games because they've been around, they, they work their tail offs and especially the guys that are five years plus they're here for a reason. And so once you're a high drafted guy and you're just doing as you're told and not much more else, and you mess up from time to time, you're late to a meeting and, all you care about is, you know, your chain that you're going to buy. Like, this don't, like they, don't, they don't care about that. They don't want guys like that in the locker room. But if you can control your approach and you can show that you're a professional, everything that you do from a young age, you gain respect really, really early. And I think that's what helped me out was, you know, I just always had a professional mindset and always just kind of did everything that I was asked to do and then just found two more steps after that to do that as well. And right. it just it gave me respect. Uh, is, um, did you talk to anybody like from this, uh, this past draft? Like, did you, uh, reach out or have anybody reach out to you? Yeah, I had, a. of course the, there's two receivers from A&M, uh, that went into the draft process that actually one of them was out there, uh, San committee, his name was Courtney Davis. Um, you know, he was in this, this, this draft class and I played two years with Courtney at A&M. And, uh, you know, just talking to him about it and just honestly, man, just I was like, just enjoy it because it's a stressful time. That whole draft process is crazy stressful just because you have no idea where you're going to go. Like, I felt like I had I never had anxiety and I developed anxiety, you know, going through the draft process. I'm, I'm living out of suitcases, boxes. I had all my stuff packed up, you know, three weeks before the draft because I was like, you know, I got to get ready to, to, to move somewhere. You know what I mean? And. Cause you go on the next day more or less. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I got, I got blessed because I didn't have to go anywhere. I just had an un- unpack again, but you know, for most guys, you know, you could move all the way across the country. You just have no idea where to go and the situation you're going to fall into and everybody wants to play. You just, you're uncertain about the future. So I was like, man, just take it day by day and enjoy every second. That's it. Did uh, Steve Wilkes was the coach at the time when he got drafted, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Did they reach out to you at some point and even give you like a heads up, like, yo, we're thinking about taking you? Or are you just going into this thing being like, I got no fucking clue? Like, even I feel like sometimes teams will, you know, start to put something out there, maybe give you a heads up, like, yo, we're thinking about this. But then it's like, well, I don't even want to start wrapping my head around getting locked into one team. Like, obviously, a lot of teams probably, you know, want me at this point. It's just going to be about where things fall. But right. uh, when, when did you know that? that AZ was locking you up because that's like, again, dude, like to do what you did in AZ in high school. And then, I, I mean, I would love to see the stats on, <clears throat> on a hometown kid getting to play for his hometown team. Um, but that's pretty fucking bonkers. So when did you like know that that was about to be, a, be the reality? Uh, it's like this for most guys. I don't know if you know this, but I do. I was going to the Cardinals one pick before they fixed me. I, I got the phone well, That's call. really how it is. Yeah, yeah, you it's literally one like Arizona kind of is like the next pick and you your phone rings and you're like, oh, this is happening. Dang, I guess that would make sense. That's why you've seen just like grown men just losing their shit, right? Like you wouldn't react like that. I don't think if you knew like an hour prior, right? So like, I, I, yeah, I'll give you a little bit of the background. You get a 
you get every team gets what they call top 30 visits. And so they get to bring in 30 different players that they'd like to bring in that they're interested in. Right after the combine, I flew back to Arizona and Arizona brought me in that day. And I did, it's like an official visit to a college. You go see the facility, meet with the coaches, right. take the dinner, blah, blah, blah. So after the dinner, it was me, Steve Kime, offense coordinator, Ty Mike McCoy, receiver coach, Kevin Garver, had a, had a great uh, dinner. They're like, all right, man, you know, enjoy the process. Um, hopefully you hear from us. And that was that. And I was kind of like, oh, like, is that, I was like, damn, that's it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, no high five, no fucking chest bump. No, nothing. yeah. Like, like hope you hear from you. Like, okay. So uh, I went to uh, Carolina, Pittsburgh, New England, and that was it. I think that was it. Um, and I visited those teams as well. And it's kind of same thing, you know, learn a little bit of offense, blah, blah, blah. So get to, uh, you know, some GMs, like the week leading up to the draft, you get every, pretty much every team calls you and be like, is this Christian Kirk? Yes. Is this the phone you'll be using on draft day? Yes. Is this your agent? Yes. All right. Good luck on the draft. Hang up. And so you just kind of confirm everything. So yeah, man, obviously I was hoping to go late round one because uh, the Patriots had the 30th, 30th or 29th pick. Yeah. Uh, Dallas had a late pick too. I, I was projected to maybe go to Dallas. And so like, that whole back end of day one was rough on me just because, you know, as a kid, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't shoot. Not that second, second round is by any means something I need to be disappointed in. Yeah. You know, it worked out, but you know, you want to go first round. Come on. And so I had like 200 family and friends with me in, in paradise Valley and we had running out of house, big party. So I got up the next morning, I got a workout in, you know, just kind of cleared my head, chill by the pool all day. And so, you know, we're sitting there and it's like, uh, I think I was the 10th pick or like seventh pick in the second round. And um, do you start to kind of throw some back to when you're at the pool? You're like, hey, let's get some margaritas going, because if I'm not picked this round, I definitely want to be fucked up for the third round. 100 <laughs> percent. I, I, I started right. Right when I got done with my workout, it was probably 9 o'clock. I started, I started cracking it open. Good for you, dude. You're like, dude, it's white claw time. I don't care yeah. if the clock says 10, 15. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah, the, even the day before the first round, I mean, it, oh, I started 200 start, people, dude, I started getting so stressed because everybody's watching like, oh. like the picture, I have a picture on my Instagram of like me on the phone and I get the call and there's yeah. just people surrounding me. And so I remember the bartender we had, they were just like, would you like another drink? And I'm just locked in. I'm like, yeah, yeah, sure. Whatever. And I'm just yeah. Yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. nervously drinking. So when first round, you know, got over with, I stood up and I was like, oh shit. <laughs> I was like, that was a long five hours that I totally forgot about. But yeah, uh, I casually sipped 19 mojitos. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, like I said, second round, um, it was right, you know, pick before and a 602 number popped up. And I was like, oh, it's probably just a scout because they got scouts from all over the place and different teams. Or maybe a homie from high school, dude. I told everybody not to Yo, call Kristen, me. Yo, Kristen, man. <laughs> <laughs> I told everybody, you better not call me. Do not call me. Oh and yeah, because so, uh, how yeah. many of those? How many of those friend texts are you getting nonstop? Right, like that's bullshit, man. The Bengals should have taken you or some yeah. shit, right? No, nah, so I literally I had to go to Sprint and just make sure that like all my like everybody that had had they they did something to where like only certain few people could get through to my phone, right? And so uh, yeah, I was I got on the phone and I'm like, so six oh two comes through and you yeah. pick it up and you're like thinking it's not anyone that you're gonna have any care for but it's it was it was it was it's, it's steve Kahn from the arizona cardinals how you doing and i was like no 
And then like my heart immediately dropped and not my voice, you know, like you're just like trembling, like really yeah, nervous. Dude. I, I couldn't even talk. And so everybody's still looking at me because nobody has any idea. Like they don't know if I think I forget who had the pick before. I think it was like the 49ers or something like that. So they're either thinking 49ers or they're thinking like the, the two teams after. And so nobody knows. So I get off the phone and I remember like it goes dead silent. And I kind of go back like this and my mom goes, so? And I like kind of just look around. I was like, I'm going to be a Cardinal. And the whole place erupts. And I remember I always I was like, I'm not going to cry. And I hugged my mom. Lost it. Just just absolutely oh, lost man, it. Oh, man, dude. I'm getting teary. I had to listen to that shit. Well, I'm, hugging, I'm hugging my mom. And I'm just, I'm lo- like, I'm just losing it. My, my sisters are there. My dad's hugging me. And they're all crying. They're like, we're so proud of you. Like, you did it. And so this is a crazy part. So. The, oh, there's a crazier part? <laughs> <laughs> well, not crazy, but like ESPN is there. Like all the live cameras are there for the draft reaction. So it's not live yet on the TV. So like, Christian, we need you to pull it together. Act like you don't know. Fuck Cause, that. <laughs> so cause they're like, they're like the, the, the world doesn't know that you know already. So I oh, like, dude, that's kind of fucked. So they're trying to pull the rug out from your emotional moment. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, it's great. You got drafted. Yeah, hometown team. Yeah, yeah, your whole family's there. Yeah. yeah, suck it up, dude. Yeah. So, like, it was, like, two celebrations. So, they're, like, all right, you know, pull it together. Okay. So, like, the, when you see me, like, when they announce it, I'm, like, sitting on the couch. I'm, like, slouched back. And my – you could tell, like, I had just been crying. And they announced it on TV. And then everybody goes nuts again. And we had to, like, you know, kind of re- recreate the moment. But it's uh, it's crazy, man. It's a, it's a life-changing moment. Wow, dude. That is so – I mean, you know, I, I then you probably just get inundated with like old PE teachers, fucking ex girl. I mean, everyone's just like season ticks question mark, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, um, no, everybody you thought who you're like, oh, you know, I won't have to deal with them. I'm gonna move away, and then you're like, oh, you're back home. So <laughs> <laughs> back in my life, have you? Uh, okay, so so take me through. I mean, that's bonkers. That's a great story, by the way. That that. Uh, You'll never forget that. It, what's the first day then once that all – once the dust settles and you start getting locked in, you get that football uh, brain back on, driving up to, uh, I guess, the stadium, right? The, well, that- yeah. So, so the next morning – and this is the kicker too about even the first rounders got to do it. Like, yeah, you can go out and, and party and celebrate, which you're supposed to, but you like you got to be up the next morning at like 6 a.m. to go in for an early morning press conference. So – I got up the next morning, got my suit on, whatever, and I went up to you know the Cardinals facility, had my press conference. They give you your iPad and and all that stuff, and you you got to get ready for a rookie minicamp. I think rookie minicamp was the following week where we reported. Yeah, that's crazy, man. Uh, all right, so does Larry Fitzgerald, the fucking legend, like this? When does he hit you up and go, yo, welcome to the family? Because I've heard this from, I did the, the roast of David Ortiz like three years ago. And it was like, you know, Bill Burr was there and Gronk and Dustin Pedroia from the Red Sox. Like it was a big East Coast thing, right? And Gronk, in the short time we, we talked, um, I was dressed up in full prosthetic as an 80-year-old Yankees fan. So he didn't even know I was a fucking uh, uh, a young dude anyway. But once yeah. I broke the fourth wall and was like, hey, I'm not a, an old man. He was like, oh, shit, I, I don't know. But um, he told me that, like, and I didn't really think about this, but he's like, dude, I, he's like, everyone kind of does, is with their guys, and you're kind of, he's like, I'm with the receivers and tight ends, and he's like, I don't really talk to, he's like, me and Tom don't really kick it, like, we're on the field, we do our things, he's like, 
But he's like, I don't have a ton of friends on the team. He's like, everyone's in their groups. And then you kind of come together. And obviously, he's probably speaking from his experience. But right. I just uh, I just thought everyone kind of was friends with everybody. But it sounds like every program is different. Um, so I'm curious, like, with a guy like Larry, who is on such a pedestal for most football uh, fans and players, um, I'm assuming he, like, reaches out and does something, right? Sends a, a bucket of fucking fleshlights or something. What does he do? Like, <laughs> So, uh, the two weeks before the draft, I – well, I don't know if – so, I had known Larry. I met Larry when I was five years old. There was, like, a, a, a picture going around of me at his football camp, me and him. Whoa. Yeah. And so, that was, like, the big thing. Once that happened, that, that picture got pushed everywhere. He had a football camp his rookie year in Flagstaff, and I went – and there was a picture of me and my fo- and my football pads with Larry. I was five, and he was, I was five years old, like five, six years old. He's a rookie in the NFL. Holy and so, shit, dude. Uh, we had known each other, like, in passing. And, you know, he had said congratulations to me um, after my, you know, college career. And yeah. I think I had a big game. He's like, go win the bullet and a cough. Like, just stuff like that. And um, always had been an idol of mine. And two weeks before the draft, I played in his, uh, his celebrity softball game. Yeah. He invited me out, and I, I played in a celebrity softball game. He's like, good luck, man. Like, hopefully we can be teammates. Sure, shit, we're teammates. Holy and shit. So, yeah, so uh, we just ended up, you know, building a relationship from there. And now he's, he's like, one of my best friends now. Uh, during quarantine, you know, we've been working out together at his house every day. And just uh, – Yeah, he's probably got a real piece of shit gym, huh? Yeah, it's awful. It's, yeah, it's a couple of benches, like a curves, like those – the stretchy things that got a curves – yeah, it's 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 everything's got rust. Like you'll yeah. probably get, yeah, you get in your cut. You, <laughs> no, you it's get, fucking it's bonkers, isn't it? Yeah, it's he lives a good life, but um, you know he's uh he's so good to everybody in the room though. He just he loves being around the guys, and I think that's one thing that keeps that keeps him coming back is you know we're such a young room now, and you know especially with my class there was there was a a bunch of guys that you know he kind of grew close to all of us and. We we keep saying that we keep pulling the twenties out of them. You know we're we're, we're starting <laughs> we're starting to give him Benjamin Button. He's going backwards. <laughs> but uh, uh, what do you, what have you? Um, I mean, I'm sure learned so much. But like, what what do you uh, in your first year? Like, what did you get from him? And it can be an off field thing too, because that's yeah. also a guy I feel like that's done it right off the field. As far as you know, you can't be as revered as he is. Uh, you know, if your play isn't you know consistent, but also you do stuff in the community, like you've got a rep of being a good guy. You're not popping up in, in, uh, in old town, you know, like fucking holding, you know, wet t-shirt contests or, or motorboat, right. motorboat festivals. Like he's doing, yeah, he's doing like things the right way. So like, do you, does he tell you about that or you just kind of know it and you're like, since I look up to him, I'm just going to kind of follow suit. Yeah. I mean, um, I, I've obviously learned so much and I still am continually learning. It's oh, just yeah. like little things that he does that I pick up on and I've, I've taken and used it and I've seen where it's gotten me. And it's just majority of it's off the field, to be honest with you. Um, yeah. Like his approach on the field is consistent as all get out. And, you know, he's, he's the goat for a reason in my eyes and he's the first ballot hall of famer that, you know, is still playing, but you know, just the little stuff that he does off the field, like, you know, it'll be a random Wednesday night after practice 
and he'll call me and be like, Christian, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm just chilling. He's like, all right, you know, can you meet me at Phoenix Children's Hospital in 10 minutes? We're going to go say hi to this kid real quick. Like just little things like that. And, or we'll, we used to go to the movies um, every, was it? No, nah, we go every Friday, uh, my rookie year, we'd always go to the movies and, uh, you know, we'd be getting popcorn and stuff like that. And he'd hand the, you know, it'd be 10, 10 bucks, whatever. And he'd just hand the registered dude 50 and be like, just pay for whoever's behind me. You know, just, just little stuff like that. Oh, like, yeah. And doesn't, you never see him posting about things he does in the community. It's always everybody else posting what he's doing. Right. And like, you don't have to donate and then immediately make a, a video montage on your Instagram uh, with Drake, you know, saying, you know, like, Drake yeah, in the background, saying how good you are. You know what I mean? Like for special occasions. Yes. Like if you want to like, cause call attention to that organization or whatever, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like we're, we're all, we're all building our brand. We're all using our platforms to, to greater, you know, for the greater good. But when it comes to little things like that, he's just, he's above and beyond anybody else and just how to, to, to carry yourself and, and hold yourself in certain situations. And, you know, from little things of how to dress and, you know, it's just, it's, 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 it's life lessons and things that, you know, he's, he's taken and he's used and just the way that his mind works. It's just, it's the best person to be around on a daily basis. Um, how fired up are you for this season? I mean, you know, it sounds like they're working diligently to figure out what's going to happen. I just listened to, you know, Seattle sports radio talking about the no fan thing. Um, but that aside, like Hopkins, you, Larry, you guys beefed up your D like Kyler's coming in, you know, obviously probably way more confident than last year. Now that he's just comfy uh, uh, in the system, like, you got a young fucking stud coach that's like showing dope ass views of his house on draft day. <laughs> I mean, like there's a new swagger in AZ, man. And I'll tell you, speaking as a Hawks fan, I'm like, Hey guys, can you give Clowney the fucking money he wants? Right. Uh, so we can stay, <laughs> stay competitive because AZ is, uh, I mean, dude, right. Like you, is that something that's discussed with you guys over text? Like, holy shit. Like are you watching the draft text and when hop, uh, you know, got, um, got when that deal got made for him like now when you look at this roster are you just like holy shit man sky's the limit yeah we like we we know you know we can we can actually compete and, and vie to to get a playoff spot and and really take this thing somewhere and it is exciting and i i can't wait you know fans are not i just want to get back out there and play and right you know, I, like with with the way we ended last season and you know i hate to say it that big win in Seattle for us, like that, that really, that, that really like go to the locker room. We're like, okay, you know, we, we got some here. We got some here. Cause it's not easy to win down there. It is not easy to win down there. That's one of the hardest places. It is a divisional win yeah. in Seattle at the end of the season. It's, it's cold and windy like that. Like By the way, you took, a, you took a bite out of our like NFC West hopes. Like I yeah. can't imagine anything sweeter than knowing that you just like, you know, took, took it away and hearing the 12s fucking cry to their coffees. Right. But it was, it was good, man. Like we just, we know we got some now. And so we're just, uh, man, we're just excited to put it all together and honestly just excited to see it in person. Cause we're, we're in virtual meetings and, and stuff like that now. So just to finally get out there is going to be fun. Is your coach doing, um, is having like a young coach, like, I don't know how much older Wilkes was, uh, than Cliff, but like, is having that young energy, like, even though Pete Carroll's, fucking pushing 70 like 
obviously like you hear from those guys that like his youthful spirit and just, I, I don't know, like that, that plays a role in the way that um, everything from practice to, uh, to, you know, uh, Tuesday meetings or whatnot is uh, the way people like conduct themselves. Is it, um, I don't know, is it, is it cool to have a guy that isn't too much older than you so that you feel, is there an extra level of relatability or sometimes are you like, dude, you're fucking five years older than me. You don't really know. Like, I think maybe I actually have a better idea because I'm actually the one playing. Like, where do you, where do you, what's your view on that? No, it's, uh, it's definitely better. Uh, one, because just the positivity, uh, Yeah, he comes from and he's 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 been under old school coaches and whatnot and, right. and coaches that have that that old school mentality, but that old school mentality is ninety-five percent negative that comes out of your mouth. And it, it's it's just how it is. That's how old coach old school coaches are. And I worked for, you know, some people in some organizations, but you know, everything that came out of his mouth this year was positive, like That's always awesome. upbringing us. And yeah, you have to 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 bite something in his ass when something's not right, but he'll do it and then move on to a positive because, you know, there's, there's no sense of, of trying to bring us down. We're grown men. We know how to own our shit. And the only thing that we need to focus on is going out there and winning on Sundays. And that was the main thing that he said is, look, I don't care if, you know, you come in here with all your chains on, you know, dressed in the same clothes you were in last night when you're in the building. But once we're out there on that field, we're here to work and we're all here to work and we're in the classroom towards one common goal and that's to win football games. And so as long as you're doing that, I could give two shits what else you do, as long as you're not breaking the law or, or breaking team policy. But other than that, we're here to win games. You guys are professionals. This is what you're paid to do. And so I think just having that, knowing we have that leniency to like do whatever we need to do to get in our groove and be the best that we can be. And knowing that, you know, he's going to be there by us our whole side and, and, you know, put us in the best position to win. It's just, it's just good. And you can just relate better to him and, I think it's just uh, it's been a great move for us. Fuck yeah, dude. Uh well you're you're definitely you're dialed into the uh <laughs> the uh I mean you've probably had your fair share of media over the years starting since high school, but dude, you are like you're one of the best I've seen at just giving full answers back. I can't tell you huh. the amount of times as a comic, especially when you see in these <laughs> post game interviews, like being like, So dude, young coach, that's gotta be exciting, huh? Yeah, no, it's gonna be uh, he's got a, he's got a great energy and he's uh He's got some. He's got some cool shirts. Next question, <laughs> and you're like, Jesus Christ! All right, so yeah. I, appreciate, I appreciate the thoroughness, dude. You're a thoughtful, no, probably... you're a thoughtful guy. Uh, yeah. All right, I don't want to keep you too much more from your uh, your fucking shooting spree you're about to do online on Twitch. But uh, uh, first of all, thanks for doing this, man. You're no, the shit. It, man. Yeah, you're uh, just as cool off the field as you are, and um, and hopefully when this season resumes, uh, you know I try to hit a lot of uh, Seahawks game. So if they let any fans in the building, um, hopefully we can kick it at, uh, in Arizona mm-hmm. or, or, at, or at CenturyLink. Yeah. AZ or Seattle for sure. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah. Anytime, you know, my, my, uh, girl is, um, from Arizona. So, uh, okay. the last probably four years, we've been together four years. So I think almost every game, the Hawks have played the Cardinals. I've, uh, flown back and we've made a, a thing out of it and it's dope, okay. dude. I mean, you yeah. speak to that real quick because, it's always a good game, and for whatever reason, it's become a rivalry. I think yeah. going back to uh, Carson Palmer, I think the years when uh, – I think the first year when, when the Cardinals, uh, again, like put the uh, – uh, punch to, um, took the, the, the punch hole away from our playoff card. You know what I'm saying? Like there's right. been this, 
this thing built and it's always competitive and you guys coming to us is now the toughest game of the season right um it, do you feel that on the field like the rivalries are a lot of shit talking no it, yeah there, there's definitely you know there, there's some there's some shit talking but i say the 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 main thing about that game is just so physical like you know when we're like when we're about to play seattle like it's going to be four quarter like heavyweight fight like there's nothing being held back in you know especially with that defense and you got guys like bobby wagner and stuff like yeah, that like dude. it's it's physical out there like there nobody's holding back and that's that's all divisional games though like you know we got you know the 49ers too and oh yeah dude they're la like every game in our division that's why people say it's the best division in the nfl right now because hell yeah just the the stars that are in our division like now you got deandre hopkins you got aaron donald you got russell wilson bobby white jadavion clown you got larry fisher like chandler jones patrick peterson like the list goes on of how many elite players are in this division and when when we get to play in one another it's like it's as good as it gets out there when when you're talking like high level skill football players oh yeah you played against Sherm. wasn't Sherm your first year still in the hawks no so Sherm was on uh he was on uh the 49ers so okay uh does he talk a lot of shit no he 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 doesn't act oh i mean every competitor is going to talk to it at some point Yeah, Uh, yeah, yeah he's definitely not uh, you know, the young guy that he was before, you know, yeah. when, when he was in, in Seattle, but, um, it's, it's, it's fun because I've gotten to go up against him two years in a row and just having to, to battle against, you know, one of the, one of the greats has been fun and he makes paid you better, me right? Sorry. Makes you better, right? hundred yeah. percent. And he paid me a compliment after the second time we played up in, in San Francisco after the game. And it, uh, I remember it just, it meant a lot. And I was like, damn, that, that's you know that's one of those moments where you like you know Richard Sermon just you know paid me a compliment and said like I'm I'm getting really good and uh, you know he's, he's he he likes my game and stuff like that so that's just one of those moments you it, it honestly just motivates you oh yeah you get all giddy you're like and then and then you just don't know if you should overstep your boundary and be like oh thanks man hey do you want to play Halo online later or like what's up <laughs> like, like what's, your, <laughs> what's Call of Duty like what's your Xbox screen name right um all right dude well I want to close this out with uh, what I've been doing um. I know you're a charitable guy. I don't know if you have a uh, an organization currently that you're working with, but um, I'd like to do a close out with the game, uh, a question a game where every correct answer, I'm going to donate a hundred bucks to the charity of your choice. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. And even if it's your uh, your Call of Duty controller fund, we'll uh, <laughs> we'll make a PayPal PayPal exchange. All right. Question number one: Who could win in a race between you? Or Kyler Murray from the stadium to the hockey arena that's across the street. Me. That is correct. Hundred dollars in the bank for Christian <laughs> Kirk. That is correct. Uh, Christian, what's been your favorite snack during this quarantine? Is there a yes or no question to that? Or like, a, is there a right or right or wrong question? I mean, just what what is it? Just, we'll see. What's your favorite snack? My favorite snack. Ooh. What's been your favorite snack? What have you just like been going to a little too much? You think? What is my favorite snack? I'm a big chips and guac guy. That is correct. $200 in the bank. By the way, so am I. That's fucking... If you put me on an island, give me spaghetti and meatballs, chips and guac, probably some salsa too, and, uh, and a six-pack of Zima. Um, what is your uh, favorite movie quote? It's from the Batman Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises. You think darkness is your ally. 
I was born in it. Oh, I like shit. that. Hey, that's, that's I mean, one. that's fucking hard. All right, that's correct. $300 in the bank for Christian Kirk. Um, question number four. What do you think is happening more in quarantine? Um, hand jobs or butt stuff? Hand jobs. That is correct. $400 sure. in the bank for Christian Kirk. For sure. It's just, it's an easier go-to. Uh, question number five. Favorite field to play on in the NFL? Our field. That's correct. That is correct. $500 in the bank for Christian Kirk. Question number six. What do you miss most about football? Scoring touchdowns. Fuck yeah, that, that is also correct. You're super <laughs> good at this. That's $600 in the bank for Christian Kirk. Question number seven. What's, what's the best binge show during quarantine? Not what have you been watching. What is the best binge show? What have you gone through? And you're like, yeah, dude, this was, a, this was easy, breezy, beautiful cover girl. I got through this in no time, and I would do it again if I had to. Oh, so like the quickest, like yeah, that you just easy to digest. You're gonna watch it all in one sitting because you have no choice. Oh, I don't know about one sitting, but it's it's pretty easy to get through. Entourage. Ooh, yeah, dude. Did you do, wait? Have you did you watch it when it was on? Not when it was on, uh, but I watched it in college. I, I I ran through it in college like three times. Oh yeah, it's the it's the best. Uh, Jerry Ferrari played Turtles, a, a good buddy of mine. Uh, oh really? Yeah, and he uh, – when I first – I mean, that was, like, my go-to. That in the office and and uh, a few others were, like, my go-to, like, you know, get a little high, put on some just to fall asleep to. Yeah. And so once I met him and had him – he's on the podcast a bunch and come to a bunch of stand-up shows, and um, he uh, he's just, like it, – it's even cooler when they're – especially, you know, you, you meet an athlete or an actor and they're, like – a also a fan of the show so then you're right. like oh cool i can actually talk to you and when i say questions like dude did you improvise that line when you guys were uh were at cans and you were trying to get a ride from kanye and you said that shit to drama and it's like and he's like oh yeah and he remembers everything and yeah but that yeah. show is uh yeah that show is can't make that show nowadays no but you have to you have to let him know i'm a, I'm a big fan oh hell yeah dude i'll just i'll just connect you guys yeah. Um, I'll get them to come out uh, when the season hits. We'll come easy. If we're, if we're one of the 15 fans that are allowed to come in the stadium, <laughs> me and Jerry will sit there courtside. All right. Um, was that? I was going uh, see if I could pull some strings. Fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, question, number, question number eight. Do you, do you think uh, – do you reminisce more about uh, high school days or college days in football? And that high means – Yeah, high school, yeah? High school. And is, is that just because you got – like being in AZ still, there's more opportunity for that shit to come up or what? I think, uh, or do you wake up every morning and kiss newspaper clippings of your stats? <laughs> no, I did not do that. <laughs> um, but I think just because I grew up with all like my senior class, we've yeah. been playing football together since we were in like the fourth grade. And so we grew up no popcorn, like middle school, all that stuff. And then played all four years together at Saguaro. And so like we, we were real close. Like, we had a special bond. And I think that's why we didn't lose many games either because we have been playing together for so long. But, yeah, I think high, I think high school. Dude, that's the best. You still get, And they're all homies now, yeah? Homies. That's the best. All right, question number nine. How hot is it in Arizona right now? It's probably like 75. That is correct. $900 in the bank for Christian <laughs> Kirk. You're crushing this game, dude. Uh, final question. Most famous person in your phone that you could call right now or butt dial tonight? Probably Odell. Oh, shit. For real? Yeah. That's famous. That's probably. Dope. Do you guys ever work out together? 
Yeah, plenty of times. Fuck, dude. Does he? T- yeah. What's the trick? The one-hander. You you should see if you haven't seen his hands in person, it's it's freakish. No, it's my desktop screensaver. I've seen it. <laughs> that thing's fucking huge. It's, it's, I, that's, it's where I got, that's where I got the two screens. Yeah, it's insane. The hand, yeah. I mean, that's all it is, right? Like somebody told me once that they met Michael Jordan and he uh, came over as an actress and he kind of startled her by putting his hand on her knee to kind of start to say like, hey, what's going on, pretty lady? I'm paraphrasing. That's not what he said, but he was like, hey, what's going on? I'm Michael J- Hey, ever ever been in the sky with Air Jordan? Again, he didn't say that, but he was. <laughs> he came over with a lot of swagger. And she goes, dude, I looked down. She goes, it was the biggest fucking hand I've ever. She goes, I didn't even know you could get that much like skin to come out of your wrist. And I was like, yeah, I mean, like the guy like, you know, palmed the ball with such ease, but um, that has it's a nuts. lot to do with, yeah. It's nuts. Uh, well, dude, that's correct. Uh, that's a thousand bucks, dude. Shit, I'm, you crushed it. I'm great at this game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <In most time. laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I'll send uh, I'll send that your way, and you can uh, get it to where it needs to go. I don't, okay, do you have a cool. charity in mind that you jam with? Uh, I work a lot with Children's Cancer Network, so perfect, dude. I'll send it their way. You're the shit, dude. Yo, man, I really appreciate you doing this. This was a, a blast. It was uh, so cool to to get to be on the same field with you at that camp, and um. You just crush it, man. I, you know, I truly hope they figure out the season. Uh, I know that you guys are going to be a, you know, probably getting my Hawks way, but you know, that's, what's great about sports, man. Yeah. It's the part about it. I appreciate you having me. Yeah, on. dude. Yeah. You're the it's shit, fun to just chill, shoot the shit and talk ball. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. All right. Later, Christian. Be easy. See you, bud. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.